There's something that you've forgotten. And actually, it would be not as difficult if it was just as simple as the fact that there's something vital that you've forgotten. There's more to it than that. There's something that wants you to forget something important. What you've forgotten. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. This week, I'm joined by two of my favorite people in independent music media. It's Hooligan Magazine founders Morgan Martinez and Rivka Yecker. Morgan and Rivka joined to talk about their love of independent art, their mission of inclusivity and diversity, what it takes to make each issue of Hooligan, and so much more fan of the style of writing and art that Hooligan highlights, as well as the community that Morgan and Rivka have built around their zine. So, without further delay, let's listen to one of their favorite artists, 1996, then dig into the interview. I'm so excited to have both of you, Morgan and Rivka from Hooligan Magazine, one of my favorite magazines that I've stumbled upon. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, how are you both doing in Chicago? Good. Yeah, it's great. Rivka just graduated. I'm working on I really like and dedicating myself to Hooligan full time. So yeah. it's really nice. Awesome. Well, congratulations on both of those. Great job and graduation. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> adjusting uh, absolutely that's yeah. it always feels like there's a, a couple months of just getting used to figuring out life especially after graduation <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's what I'm doing huh. I yeah I, I work like a lot of different jobs but none of them are very stable so I'm kind of in the process of trying to find more stability I'm all over the place right now yeah, I know that feeling. But once you settle into the rhythm, adulthood is not so bad as I figured out. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that my Libra brain can be okay with adulthood. <laughs> I'm Still sure like, that you will. Yeah. It's all about the balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you about all the projects that you do, everything you put into Hooligans. But before we get into all things uh, Hooligan, I kind of want to start with how you kind of first became involved in the creative community in Chicago and what kind of drew you to it? Yeah, um, well, so I'm from like the Northwest suburbs of Chicago and I started going to shows when I was like 14, but I started like going to DIY shows when I was like 16. So um, I kind of became friends with people more more involved in like the emo scene. Anything else? It was like screamo, like that scene. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was like super involved with with that scene. And uh, it wasn't until I got to college because I went to school in Chicago to Paul University that I started kind of taking things into my own hands. And I also started kind of feeling alienated by that scene. So um, I got a job at a coffee shop and I started hosting open mics. And um, I kind of, from there, I've just been really involved with the literary scene in Chicago. Um, this was all after starting Hooligan though. So like my, like everything I was doing was related to Hooligan, but I was also trying to make myself um, a person in the arts community uh, that was like just super invested in all things art. So I was doing literary events, like acoustic shows, like helping booking, um, helping just like like advertise and promote events. So um, yeah, it, it pretty much started with just like me going to shows and meeting people and just like being a very, like I, I talk a lot. So <laughs> I was just talking to everybody I could because I was like, I really fucking hate my life. Like in high school, I hate my life like all the time. I need some sort of escape. So that was it, and like it really was my escape. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd say that I delved into it after Rika delved into it. She kind of introduced me to a bunch of stuff. So we kind of Rika's way more involved than I am, but I'm getting there. No, I, I mean, it, I like we more have talked about this. I think that it we have different ways of being involved. Yeah, for like sure. Morgan is a is a really prominent presence online, and also like. She, she makes really close connections with specific people, whereas I make really close connections with, like, I'm just very, like, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm really all over the place. Like, to be blunt, it's like Virgo-Libra dynamic. It truly is. Like, like it, we balance each other yeah. out really well. Like, her being a Virgo, it's like, she's very like, okay, well, these are important people that I need to build connections with. And I'm like, well, I can be friends with everyone. And yeah. so and my brain just cannot handle it. Like, yeah, so I, <laughs> I'm always open to friendship and like building community and like investing myself. But I think we just have different wavelengths. Yeah. Like, in regards to like how we manifest that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've worked at a bookstore the last two years. So I've been, do and I, I, well, I work for a bookstore, Volumes Book Cafe as a barista and a bookseller, but I work for another used bookstore as their events coordinator. So um, I, I just, I've been so involved with like the book world that I've expanded into like music and also other like forms of art because I like provide that space for all for all artists. And so it's, it's, it's definitely like, because I'm passionate about creating that platform IRL, um, <laughs> it's just, it's easy for me to do that. It's just, I, I am very much like a social butterfly. So That's that's good that you have both of those personalities bridged together. It sounds like it's very harmonious as well. To, yeah. To backtrack, how did you meet? Uh, we, we met at a beach at, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It was my hometown. From. 
yeah and it was like a friend's birthday party and Rika tagged along with an old yeah friend. I wasn't even gonna go like I yeah. was like what? I wasn't even gonna go either yeah. and then we met that day and I was like wow there's someone here like like me yeah like we, we were kind of <laughs> surrounded by a lot of kind of like a, traditionally attractive thin cis um women and to like pretty much straight people uh and we and like not both of us weren't sure where we stood yeah, in, we, it, it like was, we were both really young yeah we, we were young like was going we didn't on. know it was, yeah, we, it was just nice to like see someone who was like like one another yeah it like, was like yeah. you know we love all those people yeah oh, I, love, I love those people very much and like um it's i'm not saying you know those i'm just saying that like morgan and i yeah it was um, very clear that there was just like a connection yeah because yeah. when you see someone who feels the same sort of discomfort or like there's clearly you're both experiencing some sort of like otherness yeah you, you're drawn to one another yeah for sure for absolutely that's a good way to put it no that makes sense sometimes you can just sense something about the person that's like next to you or in the same space where it's just like oh we connect or we have the same experience and that's all it takes sometimes to begin that first connection um yeah what- what was it like that moment that you both kind of realized, oh, hey, we both like supporting like independent art and music. We are excited about that and writing and putting all these things together. Well, I had, I'd been home from college for a bit. I had like dropped out of art school because I couldn't afford it. And so I was like in this sort of like period of like, just like nothingness where I was trying to figure out my life. And like, I had met Rivka and like, we like exchanged numbers. And I think it was just like a lot of back and forth like realizing our mutual interests and like I think that it was very clear that we had like definitely had a passion for our community and like we just loved the art that our friends were making and so like I had tried to sort of like start things previously ideas like that were just like sort of like had failed in that time um and then we I was in a support group at the time um that was like called hooligan and it was like just a bunch of like women who were like sort of um um there for each other and there were also artists in there and I had I had artists in my life who I felt I was I was like contributing to different publications and not really feeling validated by those publications and I think that I just wanted to start something that was inclusive um to like everyone that I knew I was like why do you have to be somebody quote unquote to be featured you know in this or that like let's just start something that like you know is like uh way to say hey all these cool people are around and like they don't necessarily have to have like a huge following um so yeah I think I just put a call out and then Rivka was like down from the start and it's just been like yeah we kind of saw we kind of saw the way people sort of dipped out or like flaked and like it goes like it goes like that like and it was something we both really wanted to do like it felt like we already had that connection where it's like we could delve into something and like trust each other already and not like yeah and like and like the dynamic was clear from the start like we had our strengths like Morgan is a very visual person and she's also I mean a very literary literary person but like um she does a lot most all of the design I'm saying she she does she designs everything so like and I didn't have that skill um and she's a photographer first and foremost (laughs) and so it, it was, she was so everything you know she did was like very visual very art very graphic and I was just doing a lot of what I do like managing writing um getting people together so it, it it was clear that our strengths helped like definitely helped each other yeah 
That's so awesome. You're able to really grow something because of the fact that you both brought your different strengths to the table and you knew you could rely on each other. Um, so did the hooligan name come from that support group that you mentioned earlier? Is that how that kind of was landed? Yeah. yeah, the full name is hooligan blogging support and shit. It changed over the years, but that was the full name. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, adapt this name. And we kind of like built the idea off of the name eventually. Yeah. And if you want to share that idea of like what it means. To yeah. Be. Well, so then it, I thought about it a lot. And like, because I just like feel like I need to attach some sort of analysis to everything. Hooligan start that kind of grew into this term of like what it means to be other or what it means to be a radical, what it means to be something that rejects a norm. So when you, when someone is a hooligan, that means that you're saying they're doing something that's not right or something that is against um, what we expect to be okay or normal. And so, and it's also funny because like, I, so I speak Russian and my family's from the Soviet Union and my mom always called me like hooliganka, which means <laughs> a hooligan. And so like, it, it's, it's weird how these words just yeah. like, like it's such a strange word that somehow brought a lot of meaning to it mm -hmm. um and so it's it it, be, it became a way more of a like it started as a sentimental word because the group and like it's all these people supporting each other and being there for one another which is so the basis there, of yeah so there's that base. A family for yeah sure. yeah there's hooligan is a family it is it is it is rooted in collaborative nature it's, it is rooted in community um but then it also is rooted in in our kind of vision of um supporting the other supporting the you know, the person trying to reject the norm. So yeah, that's kind of what it grew into. Normalizing the alternatives. Yeah. Say. I love that. I really do. Um, that's just such a special messaging to have from the start and know that that was like your intention is just beautiful to me in that sense. Um, as you were starting to kind of decide, hey, we want to make a zine and start to put this together. Did you have anybody that was kind of influencing you as far as like how you might want to structure it or even with the writing that you were putting together for the first couple like articles? I think that like, you know, I, I had different publications. I, I am a visual person like Rika said. So I think that there was like publications here and there. I grew up like buying magazines at like the supermarket and would like be fascinated with the way they were structured I also think that has to do with my Virgo-ness like yeah. the organization yeah. and like liking things to just like look right and beautiful and so I think like I had an idea of like what I wanted it to look like but since the beginning and yeah. it's nice because I learn something new every time we put out an issue and like I learn what works better and like what looks great and it's it's constantly growing I don't think we've ever been like hey this is the only thing that's gonna work yeah like, we're gonna keep no we all we're always evolving yeah and, and I mean, was, as far as articles go it was well it was really so when I was a kid I like really loved I was I, I wrote and I was like nine years old. I was like, what do I want to do when I grow up? I was like, I want to be the editor in chief of Teen Vogue and I want to be a director, or like a movie director. And I study like film theory and shit. So um, it's funny because I didn't care about fashion or teen. Like I, didn't, I just wanted to be part of a magazine. Like I wanted to be, do that. And so the fact that this is happening is wild, but also like as far as articles go, it was very important to me that I did not claim myself as a journalist. Because I was like, I'm a storyteller. I'm a conversationalist. Yeah. I'm I'm having conversations. I'm not doing interviews. And so it, it was. It's it's how it, it was much different because I was reading kind of these 
I was kind of having imposter syndrome. I was like, man, I'm not really like, I'm not a journalist. I've never taken a journalism class. People keep calling me a journalist, but I'm not. Um, I'm really just having conversations <laughs> with people and then writing about it as a story. And so it was important to me to kind of say, well, I don't need these guidelines of journalism. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. And, and that's this what, is my publication. That was definitely my idea too, because I was tired of sort of like being limited to these resources and like these guidelines with publications I was contributing to and not feeling validated yeah. by. So like a lot of it was definitely like, like what do we want to And read? it's like, and what do we like, who cares? Like we can do what we want. And it like is gonna look beautiful because there's so much passion. Yeah, it. and that's that's it. At the end of the day, I think people really see that passion because intention. Sure. It's, it's it's intentional. It's have have the articles always been perfect? Absolutely not. Like there have been. I mean, there's like we said, we've grown. It, it is a, it is the fact that it's all online and able for you to see is it's kind of a vulnerable thing because it's like we weren't that good. Um, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just doing because we wanted to do it. And then, you know, when people started taking notice, we were like, well, uh, you know, you could take it seriously and that's up to, it's you on you. Yeah. Like we have backgrounds. We are artists. We do support, like we, we, like, it's not like you shouldn't take it seriously, but also like, I'm not. We've been really lucky to like yeah. work with people who have taken us very seriously yeah. and like saw that intention and like that collaboration and what we're trying to do. And I think that's overall why we built so many beautiful connections and friendships because those people want more out of community and not yeah. of art in general. I've learned so much from every single mm -hmm. like conversation I've had with artists in, yeah. throughout Hooligan and not just that, but like just collaborators. Like I can't even tell you, like I'm so grateful for the opportunities I've had to work with Me such too, like yeah. fascinating people. Like that's what keeps me going and like what I think what drives us both to keep creating and to keep making who we can happen. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I mean, when you're exposed to so many different people, whether they are the artists themselves that you're working with to put in as content or, you know, it seems like you've really grown a cool staff over the years too, people that you can turn to the contribute. Um, yeah. There's so many skills that you can pick up just with those interactions. Yeah. And, you know, I, I came from a journalism background myself um, and it's better to break the rules is what I figured out. It's like, don't follow whatever is out there. You have find your success by not replicating what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And if you're, you know, following the rules, you aren't having fun. Like, what's yeah. it really about for you? I mean, I'm a, like, I'm a creative writer. Like I, I write nonfiction and fiction, like I, and short stories, poetry, whatever. So I write as if I'm writing a story, you know, yeah, I, I, I review everything through a poetic lens. Yeah. For sure. And I, and I think that also brings the art aspect to Hooligan as we tell all our writers, like write from your heart, write everything you feel, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't need to be, it, it be as true to your style as you can. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to do this, like this style of journalism that it, like this editorial needs to look like this. Like we're not the New York times. Right. Like, and I think Hooligan has a very particular voice and we've been lucky to like work with writers who also have that voice. And so like, it's, it's been pretty perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, I think your creative backgrounds totally lend to it. I mean, you both write poetry. I was fortunate enough to be able to find some of those and read over that as well. Um, and you know, that background, that creativity, I feel like lends so much to what you're doing. Um, yeah. 
how, how, do you, how do you feel you maybe have developed as writers over the years? Because, I mean, you're writing your poetry, um, not just in Hooligan, I'm sure, working on other projects as well, but um, maybe how has Hooligan helped shape your writing in that sense? Yeah, I think, so the first article that I actually, I think I mentioned this in, in the interview with Tim, but like the first article that made me feel like I was actually knowing what I was doing was with Julian Baker. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that's also because I got really good feedback on it. Like, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is a really good piece. Like, yeah. and that's when I was like, okay, I'm not horrible. Um, I can do this. Um, because a lot of times I was writing because I kind of had to, like, um, you know, we didn't have enough money to pay people or like, you know, whatever it was. So I was kind of, I was also because I wanted to absolutely, but like, it, it definitely was a certain point where I was like, I had to take control and just write the piece. I also feel like, you know, like artists that we work with for like, for instance, with Julian, like it's nice to be seen in like a vulnerable light that like encapsulates like what that artist is, you know? And so like that, I feel like that helped you knowing that too. It's like, you knew that like, this could be a very beautiful thing oh, because of- Yeah, because I yeah. like Julian's music and because, yeah. so like, so it helps. We always choose people that really love the artist or else it's not authentic and good. Yeah. And so- That's I, a good thing yeah, to say. I think, I think writing has evolved in terms of, I've gotten better as a writer just in general because of how much I've had to write. And also, like, I mean, my minor was creative writing. So I, I did study, you know, I did study writing. So I, I think it evolved in the more I wrote, the more, okay, wait, back, backtrack. The more I read, the better I wrote. Mm -hmm. And so the, the more, because I, I think you need to read, I think you need to have a foundation and not even just reading, you don't need to even need to read interviews. I mean, like, read interviews, but I think you need to read stories. I think you need to read how people write because everyone's style is so drastically different. Yeah. So, like, and I, I work at a bookstore, so I'm seeing this kind of bias, but, like, <laughs> I think if you're a writer, I think you need to read a lot. And I think you need to challenge yourself to read. And it doesn't need to be full-on novels. It can be, you know, a book of poems or, like, one or two poems. It can be short stories. It can be like nonfiction, it can be theory, it can be whatever you want, but you need to be reading to see how your style evolves mm -hmm. based on other people's writing. You know, how can you be different, but like still pull from other people because everything that you create is sort of mimicking what you've already seen. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. And it definitely applies to writing because if you're hearing other voices, they help shape yours in that sense as well. And you have things to like relate to and lend to and such. That's, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that sense. Um, Morgan, what about you with the design since you've kind of led that effort? Um, I'd say, well, like I said, it's drastically improved. Um, I like, like as far as like the layout goes, I like messing around. I'm starting to mess around with colors more often. I think that I had, um, I think I was kind of scared to step outside a boundary for a bit. And then I realized that it can be whatever I want, like even after years of doing it. Um, and so like, I really, I really like simplicity, but I also like, I do like it to have, what you say, like a, cause like when you look at it, it's simple. Yeah. It's like, it's like minimalistic, but it's also creative. It's yeah. like contemporary. Like it always mm -hmm. keeps with kind of the aesthetic of the time. So it's like, yeah. And yeah. it also, I feel like visually I like to align it with the theme. 
theme of the issue. Like the issue has a theme. It sounds weird if you're not like if you're not a like it's hard to say, but yeah. um yeah, I feel like I definitely often too it's like it's like creating a mood board for like your photographer. Yeah, yeah that's exactly how it is that's a really good way to put it a mood board. every looking issue is a mood board of that theme yeah I love it yeah and like I love the vibrancy that I see in like the newer issues and stuff I, I see what you're talking about where you said you're kind of playing with color a little bit and seeing all that and it's really beautiful I love being able to flip through and I like I went and I looked at the very first issue and then I looked at the most recent one and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's a drastic difference, yeah. I feel like also the colors like really align with the characters like in that issue too, like the reflection of like personality. That mm -hmm. I think that that definitely aligns really well. Yeah. That's really neat. I love that you've been able to take like so much of the artists and let them kind of influence it as well, it seems. Yeah, and that's like goes all around. It like really ties in together in the end. Yeah, yeah. that's gorgeous. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, so we, we started to kind of hint a little bit about this earlier, but, you know, one of the things that I've heard said is that, you know, you like to reinvent the norm by normalizing the alternative. Uh, what does that mean to you exactly? So that kind of came, I don't even know. Like I said, like I, I, I like to analyze I study theory, so, like, everything just becomes this assessment of everything, and so, like, so, okay, we were starting to notice a pattern in our work, and it wasn't necessarily intentional, we, but it started off as we started, we were showcasing lots of women, we were focusing on lots of non-cis men, and, like, um, people of color, and queer people, and then, like, queer people of color and like so it's it's pretty much and it's because we're queer like, right you like know? it's because we were surrounded by people that weren't part of the norm yeah and so it made us realize like okay if this is the artists if these are the artists that we want to see um we might as well just make this Part, like what hooligans message is right. so it slowly became because like no matter what you do intentional or not everything you do is political especially within art so like it was clear that our message was political without us being outwardly political mm -hmm. and I think as we became more conscious too we were like obviously this is like what the world needs and it's what we need yeah. so bad yeah like and so like it was an outlet for us to like really create a like a safe environment within ourselves to learn and grow and yeah. like be more conscious politically yeah or politically or morally whatever yeah and so like the, the the idea of like reinventing the norm it's like what does the norm look like and um what how did the norm come to be um and then normalizing the alternative <laughs> is sort of going off that and being like can you normalize the alternative? Will there be an alternative if it's normal? And so it becomes, and like, this is something that my brother challenged me on. He was like, you know, that's an oxymoron. Like you can't normalize the alternative. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, but I'm not going to change it because it makes people think, Yeah. you know, it makes people think about what it means to be alternative versus what it means to be norm. And so, and this means not just in terms of like, emo alt people and like normies or whatever it means like 
people of color and then white people. It means queer people and straight people, cis people and gender not conforming and trans people. Like it's these things that we said, this is the norm, but it also upholds the patriarchy. It upholds white supremacy. Yeah. It upholds um, heteronormativity. And so all these things that are considered norm, we're saying, fuck you. We don't want that to be the norm. Fuck so <laughs> yeah. So we're being like, let's reinvent that norm by trying to pretty much yeah. just push our agenda into the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking important too. Cause if you think about it, it's like, I feel like there's always going to be socially a boundary for us to push like as a society, like there's always going to be some group of people until pretty much forever that's going to be yeah. marginalized in some sense. And yeah. at least within our lifetime, I should say. So yeah. for that reason alone, it's important to continue to push the alternative as, right. as what can be accepted as normal and beautiful in that sense. I think that we will, I think that humans will always find a way to marginalize other people. Oh, yeah. And I think that's rooted in, and I don't know if it's human nature and I don't know if it's because we're socialized to be that way, but like power dynamics have always existed since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And like, um, there will always be a way for someone to think they're better than another group. Yeah. And that is a inherent problem. Mm-hmm. That's what um, we're trying to discuss. Right. I don't think that you can solve it. I don't think we're solving it. I think we're just adding our shit. I think we're saying, well, if this is going to exist, then well, we're going to bring our stuff to the table and show people that. I mean, look at Cynthia Nixon. Like, Cynthia Nixon literally just went on freaking, like, she just, she literally just said, um, ICE is a, like, she said, ICE is a terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. Like, ab- abolish ICE. She mm-hmm. said that. Like this Sex in the City actress, who's also a political figure and an amazing woman, but like, literally, was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say what I want, and yeah. did. And like, that's also the power of like the internet too, because like none of us would be here without where we are in the internet right now. Yeah, so true. I have to look at sometimes the positives that come from the internet. It's like, okay, if I didn't have the internet, first of all, I would literally not be talking to you right now. Right, which would be such a bummer. Um, And it also is like the ability to be a tool in the sense of like connecting people and like sharing ideas and being able to promote opportunity for marginalized communities to have a chance. So hell yeah, I love that thought. And I love that you're, you have that intention behind your zine in that sense as well. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting though, because like, even in like the public publishing world, like there aren't many just two queer non-cis men mm-hmm. one who's latinx and one who's like uh you know whatever me and like it's just it i feel like we hold identities that support our mission mm-hmm. and i think that's what's important too it's not like we're just like someone else yeah <laughs> like capitalizing like we're not even capitalizing on anything honestly but like it, we're not like tokenizing people because this is also our community. So, right. and this is like just who we listen to. This is who we're, you know, going to see. This is who we're reading. You know, it's just like this, this is the art that we already, you know, yeah, inhabit and are like consume and a part of. So it's, yeah, yeah. That probably helps a ton with everything that you're working on. The fact that you are embracing your own identities and embracing the things that you are passionate about. 
um, that kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, with all these interests that you have, how have you kind of cultivated and curated the voices that you found and put into Hooligan? Hmm, it's a good question. It's a really good question. Yeah, I think that it kind of going back to like when we read when I, okay, so I was talking about this with someone recently, and like I I remember every time I read a book or I read a line of poetry or I watch a film or whatever that gives me a visceral reaction. I remember every single piece of art that has impacted me and like created who I am today. The other pieces of art that didn't, you know, they, they exist in the back of my mind, but I remember like Susan Sontag, like reading her, like she was a huge influence on me. Reading Maggie Nelson's The Argonauts was a huge influence on me. Reading like queer Jewish, um, you know, philosophers or theologians, theologians, I don't know how to say it, Um, you know, like, you know, these, these different thinkers and like, of course there's cis white men in the mix. Um, but for the most part, the, the, those thinkers, they informed who I am. And so it's funny though, because I never thought as a kid, I, I was always kind of like, I don't know if anyone really inspires me. Like, I don't have any, like, I don't really have any like role models, like, you know, little girls were kind of looking up to, and I was like, I can't, there's no one that I think is important, but that's because none of those people were exposed to me. Like I never had, like, I didn't have the first female philosopher that was exposed to me was when I was 17 of Simone de Beauvoir. And like, then finally, I was like, okay, hell yeah. So women are philosophers, women are theorists, women are thinkers, you know, uh, nonsense men. There's Leslie Feinberg, activists, yeah. there's Audre Lorde, there's Bell Hooks, there's Toni Morrison, like all these phenomenal people that were like, finally, I was exposed to. Unfortunately, when I got to college, like, unfortunately, that was my, you know, exposure to it. Um, but the internet did help. Um, so what I'm saying is like, a lot of how I've evolved as an identity, while I've always been very individual and same with Morgan, like we're both really individual independent people, but like, I think the more we consumed media and the more we consumed art, because that was kind of like our go-to, like, you know, when we're really mentally ill and depressed and whatnot, like that's what created us. So like, I do want to give thanks to like, I think that a lot of the inspirations in my life were my friends too. And that, yeah. People who had gone through, you know, different traumas and like were these artists who were just like brilliant thinkers and they were influencing me every day and like shifting the lens in which I was viewing the world. And I think that when Ruth and I started Hooligan that we were really at this like point in our lives where we were sort of, you know, subconsciously depending on one another too and learning we've never stopped learning and growing together yeah that's very true like our friendship is also huge that's like a very part of, huge reflection of who yeah yeah and like the passion and support that we want so much in you know our lives and just in life in general yeah like we just yearn for love and affirmation mm-hmm. and like that's all we want to give to people like yeah that's literally it it's like yeah we want to create things accessible we want things to we want to provide spaces for people we want other people to make money off it we want people yeah. to survive we want other people to be happy to show their work that's like that's really what hooligan is is this like let us help you because this also like gives brings us joy, brings us joy and yeah. like makes us like 
or let's like figure out what's you know let's yeah. highlight what's special yeah. about your art and give it to the world I feel like that translates so well and I feel like a lot of your writers are on the same page as you whenever they're interviewing because it's like you know you're giving a platform you're showing artists across so many different mediums that they are valid whether it's in their personal identity or it's in the artwork that they're creating and that's something that like drew me to come back to hooligan again and again is like you, you that's it, really special i'm glad that you're able to recognize that totally like i mean reading stuff like the vagabond article and stuff for example i know that one i was just like that made so much validity happen the julian baker one as well i feel like a lot of the conversations that you had in there I, I remember the part about like religion and so on and everything it's like sometimes people need to feel validated in their own experience and exactly. it's good that it happens personally yeah. yeah it happens to you personally as the writer it seems like and then you're also providing that to the artist so that in itself it seems like is a really special relationship that you get to form too it yeah you're exactly right and I'm really glad that you see that and the and the Vagabon piece is interesting and Charlene um, she, she's an awesome writer and she, and like, we choose our writers very intentionally, but also making sure, like we said, that they love the artists too. Um, it, and you're right. It's, it's cool because we like, especially for the, when I, so right now I'm writing the hop along, um, you know, so excited for that. (laughs) So excited. (laughs) I'm pretty much pouring every, I'm pretty much saying like, you know what? I don't care if this makes me look like I love them too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't care because it's not, I'm, there's, what is professional? You know, I, I'm, I'm saying I really love their music and me and Francis and Morgan was there too. We all had a really amazing conversation mm-hmm. and um, I want to show how amazing that conversation was. And the only way for me to show that is to express all my and thoughts. Yeah, and it's like fucking kick ass. You know, you sit down with an artist you love and you're given this opportunity to really like talk about important things and their art and like what influences there are. And like you want to make that special. You want to make that different. Yeah. You know, and like to, you know, geek out about why. I think that fans tell it the best sometimes, you know, it's like they know deep down, they see their art in a lens that sometimes the artist doesn't even see. Yeah. And so I think that's why we're putting writers to people they love because no one's going to see it better than you. Yeah. So like, who understands that art. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's amazing. I know it's sometimes it's hard for me to get raw with um, musicians because it's like, or anybody I'm talking to with this podcast, because I'm like, okay, first of all, there's a little bit of mild imposter system syndrome starting off and then like oh wait now I'm nervous because I really deeply respect this person and like okay do I just open up and like I talked to one of my friends and like a band one time about this and he was just like no just to talk about it we want to talk about these things with you whether you're you know just a fan or somebody who like you know is like involved in media and stuff like do it talk to us like that it's more personal that way yeah I was doing audio tree sessions and like um it was interesting because I wasn't really able to do that. And so it, it kind of showed me this different side of interviewing where mm. I realized that that's not really for me. So um, I do love the really confessional, personal, like, mm. let's talk about, I mean, like, let's be really, let, let's, 
you know, I, I like to intellect, like, let's, yeah. it, I like to intellectualize shit. So like, let's talk intellectually, but it's also talk from the heart. Right? Let's talk about mm-hmm. what you feel when you're making art, you know? And as an artist, you want to be seen. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to be, yeah, you like, want to know that your art is being seen in the light that you view it as well. Right. Like you want to sit with and someone who doesn't consumed, know what yeah. you're making or like, or like, no, like read or like went, did a research like a day before. Right. And you know, but no, you want someone who like consistently is, ingests your art yeah you connect better to it I feel like whenever you have somebody who's like not just done their research but connects to it in that sense and it sounds like based off of what I've read you really do that you really connect to it you find the person who does especially the person who really loves like you know Japanese breakfast or the person who really loves like any of this art and stuff that makes it really incredible for that reason yeah, that Laura. You just Laura. ran off then. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, the Japanese breakfast was Laura. <laughs> Who's one of my yeah, one of my best friends? And like Laura it was going through a really intense like grieving period. So it was like perfect because I mean it sucks, but like it was perfect because yeah. Japanese breakfast records are about grieving. Um, mm-hmm. so it was like a really beautiful partnership. It was a collaboration yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. You could feel the catharsis in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of pull quotes in that yeah. article that just made my heart like turn. Yeah, like, that were just so true and honest. Mm-hmm. It was a really beautiful piece. Laura's also a poet too, so it's like yeah. Laura. It's writes, even better when the writers are poets. Yeah, because like it's game over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that lends so much to somebody's ability to write too. Um, you know, you're able to make these really wonderful connections with the people that you're working with for Hooligan, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's maybe the most gratifying part for you personally to work on Hooligan? Oh my gosh. Um, I really love when like an artist comes back and they're like, they sort of are in this like headspace in which they're like, you know, I've never had this experience before and like this you know this feature this interview this conversation like really you know opened my eyes to things and um put a different lens on the way you know you know I'm doing interviews even or anything like that I feel like it's very validating to like hear that we're doing something right since it is so intentional and like we do have all this you know feeling and passion behind it I think that's a very incredible feeling when an artist gets it and you know and even when they want to collaborate further because like that shows you how important community is you know no matter if you have 20,000 followers on Twitter if you have 100 followers on Twitter like we're all the same like we're all fucking human and we have we're all artists and we're all feeling the same thing so why not let's keep this going you know yeah I think that's a really special thing yeah I agree and um yeah I think like I mentioned before I I really think the connections are the biggest part for me but Mm -hmm. also um well like the voice is a fest piece like that was definitely one of the most gratifying and eye-opening because it was a lot of learning too Mm -hmm. um people allowed us to learn yeah and we and we and then we learn about our identities in the same Mm -hmm. way like I think I started being like okay yeah I'm actually not them yeah I'm uh also uh, like like me too and so it was it was cool to learn about that but also experiences like this like you Mm -hmm. know like you asking uh, for us to be on here and yeah those are always really special things to us yeah people seeing us yeah and I feel like I've also really loved just like the conversations we have about like queerness with people and like just like how it's so fluid in so many different ways and like having that discussion and 
sort of leaving the conversation feeling like you were seen and yeah we also have these like so every year we have an art collective and like mm-hmm. all those, our friends oh my yeah. god those are the best those are one of the, those yes are the why most, did we go yeah, there first so we have like booths and we have vendors um which is also mm-hmm. a booth i don't know why i said both um and we have artists performing <laughs> like, of all sorts of genres and then we have uh poets and like it's this absolutely like <laughs> long ass event and people are just and we have volunteers that are freaking amazing and like yeah. and all our friends come and it's just like and then they're just like we're your village like we're here yeah. to support you and like it's just this huge beautiful collaborative yeah. effort where everyone's coming together for the sake of art and like it's just it's amazing yeah it's it really is and like yeah, this this last one was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. it's just that's when when you're surrounded by like friendship, especially queer friendship and like queer intimacy, and this and it's this amazing just energy where everyone is just like here for each other. It's like this is why I do what I do. Yeah, um, I like it revives me. Like, I think mm-hmm. I like I have chronic migraines, and I think I went like a week after without a migraine because I was so high on life. Like, I was yeah, like, I wow. was so high off friendship. Yeah, that I was like, I week fucking love friends. before the hurt came through where you're like, I wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, was very, it was a very beautiful, yeah. I want to do that all the time, yeah, me too. but it's a lot of work. That's the goal eventually, yeah. I love that. And like having that local community, that support and like, you know, being able to connect with people, you know, people who are queer with you or people who are artists with you and stuff. I feel like that's so motivating as well. Yeah, and the special thing about that event too is that, you know, people fly in for it. Like people we've made wow. connections over the years. Like, yeah, we had a Philly crew. We had a Philly crew. We had a Nashville crew. Yeah, like, yeah. We just had people come through like from a bunch of different places. We've had people come from New York, California, like just people who have really backed us up over the years and like understand how special it is, like that event and just moving as a whole. And, like we're so grateful for that. Yeah. Wow, that's so much fun and that's gotta feel so motivating and like satisfying that sense of like, oh, we've made it. We've got people that we're connecting with that, you know, respect what we're working on as much as we do them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's really awesome. Well, congratulations on continuing to do all that because that's just super exciting and it makes people like me hopeful for the kind of opportunities that you know people of like all backgrounds absolutely that would be amazing you know like figure out ways that we can you know yeah oh gosh I would love that I'm not gonna lie that I'm like trying not to like fangirl right now at the thought (laughs) I was like yes do it let's do it let's do it oh my gosh um so with that can you kind of walk me through a little bit um, what your process is for putting together an issue of Hooligan? I know sometimes it's like pace oh, towards the like life and like, you know, because I, I, I have my process for like putting together this podcast. I can't imagine putting together a whole zine. It's basically us screaming and then crying. What was the thing you said about, <laughs> no, what? the depression thing? No, I never, I don't know. Don't but. <laughs> we're just balancing so many other emotions and we're also working all these other jobs and like yeah. but this is our passion so yeah. it's just like a lot of just like and we're just really we can be really intense people too so it's just like a lot of um, and it's and it's like we have a staff but like me and Morgan and, and Rosie yeah. Akala she edits um, yeah and we have a beautiful staff of contributors who yeah like, you know are there for us too but it's really us sitting in our apartment like <laughs> fucking 
like running around. I'm, I'm chain smoking. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not pretty. But like, but it it comes together. Turns out well. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's um, no like, honestly, there's no organized process. Like within the few days of, if you want to like get really organized, within the few days of um putting release. together an issue or an issue release like all the pieces are looked over a couple times it's very scrambled it's but very, like it's very fit. and also it's like organized in its yes. own messy way yeah, yeah. you know we've figured yeah. out a chaotic mess that works you know i also can't write until i'm wildly inspired mm -hmm. so like right now i have two articles that i'm working on for yeah. this issue and it's the 27th and it comes on the 30th yeah. don't tell anyone i just did but it's fine <laughs> um <laughs> Know, they should know yeah, yeah I, I, people should know that this is the reality of like right. what we do i mean the reality is like, i was in school i was working a full time or a part-time in real life job yeah, and i was and working two or three freelance jobs like and the reality of it too is that we're not like the healthiest mentally and you or know, physically i have chronic illness yeah, like you know like, exactly it's, it's like and you know we're doing we're doing our best that's why i want people, yeah, people to know because it's like every time they doubt themselves <laughs> like we're yeah. fucking messes and so yeah, like it's like we're right people, there with you people should you know like if some if you want to do something find a way to do it um if, if you think you can't there is a way yeah um so that's all i have to say about that there's always a way for sure yeah, that, I get that. And that's pretty accurate, honestly. Like, confession to my listeners, um, I edit the night before I put an yeah. episode out every fucking time. Mostly it's like half the reason is shit could be going on in the world that I suddenly decide, hey, I want to talk about this in my intro and outro. Um, right. Sometimes it's because I'm lazy and sometimes I've had like a really rough week or weekend mentally and I kind of need to take yeah. some time to get myself together before I work on it. So it's nice to hear that that is a reality for you too, because especially working oh, yeah. on independent media. Oh yeah. It's like, I think a lot of people don't say that that's the case, but I think a lot of people, I think, I mean, even, I mean, classic journalism <laughs> in uh, newsrooms and shit, like, I mean, it's been like that forever. People scramble last minute so they need to change and everyone's jumping on it. Yeah. It's always been like that. Yeah, it's just wild. Like, yeah, no kidding. Like, I mean, I just remember it's like that for sure. I worked in a newsroom for a couple of years and I just remember it's like, it's not only that, but it's like that whole like suck it up, rub some dirt in it kind of mentality with like your health at sometimes. And it's just like, oh no, I'm not having anxiety about the like thousands of edits you just threw on my article and now it's not my voice anymore. You know, it's like, oh, it's just, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's so important to have that like personal element to what you're doing and being honest with yourself as you're working on stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. We never have, you know, cut, we've tried really hard not to cut someone's voice out of the pieces they create for us. And like, even if, and if we feel like maybe an editor has done that, like we go back and we re-edit because it's really important to have that. Yeah, that's good that you have that consciousness, because I know it's like, especially for like younger independent writers, it can be either encouraging yeah. or discouraging. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's minimal and like, it's, writing is hard, mm -hmm. and people reject you, and they'll keep rejecting you until one day you gain enough <laughs> social capital, and then they'll contact you, and you'll be like, dude, you fucking rejected me once. Yeah. And like that's happened so many times, especially with my friend, like with Laura. I know friends, yeah, yeah friends. Like then they're like, like they so one day people, people, other people that it's kind of like it's sort of like this. Critics will love your work, and the and the and the audience will hate it. 
or audience will love your work and the critics will hate it. Mm -hmm. You never win with both. No, it's impossible. (laughs) But it's good that you're aware of that. It makes it easier to handle in that sense. Um, Just work on what you love at that point and stuff. How do you yeah. How do you kind of decide on like, you know, maybe what artist you want to feature or what theme that you want to have for hooligan each issue? Um, a lot of times it's topical. Uh, not all the time. Um, I really don't like to keep it just music because yeah. we are an arts magazine. So like, yeah, I think um, people get this idea that we're just a music people, magazine. Well, people say like lit mag or music mag. Yeah, like, it's no, like a combo of both. It's an yeah, art mag, yeah. but yeah. Um, we are pretty much one of a kind when it comes to like, you know, that, and I understand it's a lot going on, but also <laughs> like we pretty much every issue, it's like, we have one sort of artist. Like, we always have a musician. We always have like a visual artist. We always have maybe like a literary artist, maybe like something on another form We're of art. We're trying to introduce more essays. Yeah, more essays. Wow. We want to include more essays consistently, but, um, so like this month is hop along next month. We're going to have an, um, a director, a film director, and then the month after we'll have um a writer that I really love Mm -hmm. so we're changing it up like last month we have Fatima Oscar and like um she is a writer and also like she's she was uh the writer for brown girls so she's a poet and a writer so like we have we mix it up but we always try to include a musician um Mm -hmm. because that is so part of our lives Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it it does it does it when I say topical I mean also like has this, is this person doing something the last year? Like, it's not like right. July, but like recently it's been kind of like this person is putting out something like immediately after we put out the issue, which is cool. Like Jimmy Young White, who's a comedian, um, and not like a Twitter personality. <laughs> Literally that week he was on Jimmy fucking Fallon. Yeah. And then like we put the issue out. <laughs> And it was perfect. It was That's perfect. Excellent yeah. timing. Cause then it's like, yeah. you know, you can kind of feed off of the, uh, the other cycles of media and also the cycles of this person's success. So it kind of right. works out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, I wish I could say, yes, it's a strategic move, but it's not. And oftentimes it is very <laughs> unintentional. I know. And you know, sometimes, you know, it's just who we're into. Yeah. 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 Also, I realize the people I'm into in that moment is also probably because they're putting out new books or like putting out new records. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, okay, so Jen Champion's going to be in this, in this issue, too, and, like, I, I re- when I hit her up, I didn't realize that she was putting on a record this July, and, and then I realized that um, she was putting out new singles, like, of course she's putting out a new record, she's not just, like, putting out new singles for fun, you know, so then I was like, oh, shit, like, I, I, that, I was like, wow, how did I... This is very, it seems like I did this on purpose. And then I was like, oh, because she was just on my radar because she was putting out whatever. (laughs) Like, anyway. She's amazing. She was like a part of this band called Chris is Weird. And then she had her own project called S, which is like the best lesbian breakup album ever. And so like, yeah. And then now she's doing solo stuff again. It's just really phenomenal. Great. Yeah. I love her a lot. But uh, yeah, so it's, yeah. We're also just like media obsessed. So like... (laughs) I can, I'm constantly consuming media. I wouldn't say I'm. I am. Obsessed. I'm like, obsessed, I'm obsessed with media. Is for sure. Mostly film and music and literary. And yeah, all media. I'm definitely music. Do you have any favorites that come to mind? Oh, that's hard. Uh, music. I don't know about recent. I'm, I'm really all over the place. Like I'm like genre to genre, like I'm every genre ever. Um, talk. <laughs> 
That's okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, who do I listen to? I like Shannon Moser. Oh, oh she's God. great. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, I really like. <laughs> the new snail mail, mail record's good. Oh, <laughs> I love that record. It's gonna sound really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna have to deal with my raspy voice. Yeah, I'm. Man, I'm really all over the place because I. Oh, the new now now record's good. Haley Hendrix. Haley so Hendrix good. is good. Yeah. Man, I love obviously hop along. This is and but I also mm-hmm. listen Raven to like May, yeah Chicago, and she's like so young. She put out this incredible called Crush, and it's just like so phenomenal. It's weird though because like my root is like emo and like metal. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah, so it's no. weird. That makes sense. It's good to kind of have like a wide range of like things you're exposing yourself to, whether in any art. So awesome. Yeah. This Friday. Now I, okay. This Friday, I'm like, what's happening this Friday. I'm seeing this band called the body. And then they're on tour with this band called lingua agnata. Um, coming here too. Oh, fuck yeah. 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 (laughs) So I, I saw the body at a, at a church in Brooklyn and it was unreal. Like it was, it was, it was, it was in a place called Greenpoint, I think. I don't know. It was like this like metal area, apparently, where a lot of people like go to metal shows in that area. And and the body's interesting because it's mostly just like like pedals. Mm-hmm. Like they, they kind of went away from the weird black metal sound and they're more like um, pedal distorted synth shit, which is so cool live. And then Lingua Ignata, or Lingua Ignata, I don't even know how to say it, but she is gonna, she was on their recent record and so she's doing her own thing too which is really dope and like she's really really cool she's like this opera like she sings like opera but like with black metal in the back it's so cool it's like oh my gosh that's amazing yeah, it's wild I don't, I don't even know if it's actually opera but she sings very high-pitched so it's very cool yeah. um so that's something that i'm really excited about this friday um but yeah i'm, I'm all over the place because i'll listen to like all of that and then i'll also listen to like my weird synth black metal shit and then also like post-rock and then also like I don't know new metal yeah. but um there's this nostalgic thing um yeah so but it's, it's it's I have a lot media it's like all I think about like my whole life so I don't know there's if this is a whole conversation probably for a different podcast <laughs> <laughs> no we talk about everything on this podcast <laughs> hell yeah that's dope I don't want to take up too much <laughs> No worries. I, I could go down the same route with all the things I get excited about. So I understand. That's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. With all of that, I'm sure there's so many things that uh, you want to probably try and do creatively and stuff. But um, um, do you have a favorite issue that you've worked on, Hooligan, for each of you? Dang. Uh, they're all so special. Oh, yeah. They're all special. Uh-uh. Mm. I loved writing a Julian piece, but I also loved writing all the pieces I've written. Um, I love. There's one. I feel like sometimes we have like our own individual. Um, I really love the Japanese breakfast issue and the Jabuki issue. Yeah, I liked the Jabuki issue a lot. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, the Julian one is really amazing. Um, Um, 
I really like the healing a, issue too. I also like we had a fashion issue, which was cool, and yeah. that was that was really cool because it was very conceptual and like we focused on this theme of like fashion and like how fashion looks like um, mm -hmm. to different people in different ways and how we like focus on marginalized people in mm -hmm. fashion. So like yeah, that was really that was really fun. I, I want to do more stuff like that where we're focusing on themes and like um, yeah. I love that one because it was like you brought in it clearly like people of so many different backgrounds, like different ethnicities, different um, like gender identities and like gender presentation and all of that was just beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, you're ex that's exactly our goal. Like that's kind of how we hope every issue is. So yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, um, I'm going to kind of switch up a question. I usually ask um, the different artists that I work with are usually um, – like the people they want to work with. So do you each have maybe like a top three people that you want to work with for Hooligan at some point? They can be any kind of artist or anybody that you'd ever want to feature. Oh my God. Like, honestly, like we've worked with so many faves. We have worked with a lot of Yeah. Faves, like we worked with people who were like, like that would be a dream. Like, <laughs> Okay. So here's crazy. the thing that I want to say, but he doesn't fit into our <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay so like my favorite musician and like storyteller and like writer is andy hole like a manchester orchestra and like right away great captain and i like freaking love him and like i'm sure if i reached out i'm sure if there was a way to like but he doesn't like it's hard because he doesn't really he you know fit what we're doing so it, it's difficult if i'm thinking about like people that i want to work with that like fit our mold which is a lot of people still um i would probably say you know i would love to work this is kind of reaching but i would love to work <laughs> with karen kusama who's a, um, a filmmaker yeah she did like the invitation and she did um girl fight and mm -hmm. jennifer's body um nice. yeah she's awesome she's like a really great filmmaker and then i also man i would probably want to work with um oh fuck Rhea Butcher yes like oh, yeah, sure. Rhea Butcher and Cameron Esposito like please maybe honestly that's uh, I'm gonna try if you see me do that like, <laughs> you, like I'm trying to do that I really want to do something with Paramore like Haley Williams Ooh. like oh. I would love that would be amazing. And I don't think it, yeah, it's so, it yeah. wouldn't be like a general interview. We would have, like, we, it would be very, like, cohesive, like, planned, like, to be a very special sort of feature. Yeah. That would be a dream for me, personally. Yeah. I definitely, for me, it's like, because musicians don't seem that far or difficult to reach. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. the filmmakers that seem harder, you know, like the, like, hot people, like, that are, but uh, yeah, we've been really blessed for like almost anyone we've wanted to work with. To yeah, most people have been no. really yeah. down. You know what I think? I feel like I would one day want to talk to Amy Lee of Evanescence. True, that could be fun. Like yeah, right. Really she was such a huge influence on me. Like yeah. oh yeah, I feel like she's had such an influence on just so many people, whether they were involved in music or like any hand of like that community. Like, a whole generation yeah. of people were, like, touched by so much of that, so <laughs> I get it. And, like, especially as a young, like, like, I wanted to be goth real bad, and so, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, like, and, like, I, like, That's one thing we have. Yeah, we, like, goth shit, goth. and so, <laughs> um, and so, like, I really wanted to, like, and so she was, and also, like, I was like, whoa, you can be feminine and, like, weird and mystical and dark and, like, creepy? Fuck yeah, like, that's what I want. Yeah. So that was kind of how I formed my, femi my femininity for a long time until I was also like, wait, I can be whatever I want. I don't have to be feminine. That's so, awesome. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I love it. Else you got? I don't know. I feel like everyone who's so deeply inspiring us is people that we're working with. That's it's true. really hard to like delve sort of outside of that bubble because we're so invested, you know? True. Yeah, no, there, I definitely have filmmakers that I would love to work with though yeah. because, yeah. And then like dead people that I would wish could come back that I could talk to, but. Yeah. <laughs> I do ask that question sometimes because I'm like, uh, whenever <laughs> I'm typically not. talking to the musicians, it's like, okay, you can bring people back from the dead, which yeah. I can throw this out to you. Like if there's anybody you want to talk to, you could just like resurrect for a minute, get an interview and let them go about their way after that. <laughs> Oh yeah, Susan Sontag. Yeah. She oh yeah, fuck yeah, like, like for sure. And then also probably Maya Darren, who is like an experimental filmmaker. She's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then also, honestly, probably James Baldwin. Like he like was such a fascinating writer to me and like activist and like person. Mm-hmm. And like was so uh, yeah, those are my people. I love it. I love it. Well damn. For the ones that are still with us, I hope that those opportunities happen for you. I always like to send a vibe to the universe, like, hey, make these connections happen. Let's see if, let's see what happens. Because, like, I mean, I see bands end up on tours that I never expected to ever see them on because, you know, it's just magical moment. I think about, like, uh, one of my favorites that I've seen just magically appear is, like, Dashboard Confessional and Kississippi. I'm like, whoa, that happened. That's cool. It's like, you, you you send that into the universe and sometimes these opportunities happen. So for all we know, Amy Lee and uh, Haley <laughs> Williams are going to hit you up. This could happen. Oh, Amy, Lee. <laughs> Amy Lee, what's up? She has we a baby now, though. Yeah, we can, send, we can send internet campaigns out there, Twitter campaigns. It could happen. <laughs> I'm going to email her publicist if she has one and see what happens. Let's try it. And then we'll get back to you and we'll be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if it does. That's for sure. Oh, oh you will. You'll be the first to know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, it's so cool because you get these opportunities to work with these people that you mentioned, you know, that you're working within the people that inspire you and motivate you and that, you know, you want to work with. Um, but what's been maybe the biggest lesson that you've learned, whether it's about <laughs> um, publishing or about yourself or any of that that you've taken from Hooligan? The biggest lesson? Yeah. Um, I would say trust your gut. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know yourself best. You know, like, <laughs> no matter what, whatever you do, you're doing it from your experience and your perspective. So, like, no one else can do it. Yeah. Imposter syndrome, fuck it. But it happens all the it time. It happens. I experience it yeah, all the time. Yeah, me too. But also, like, y- you have to remember, like, nobody is you. <laughs> nobody is you. Yeah. And be vulnerable. Yeah. Like, be, it's important to be vulnerable, be vulnerable. people. Fangirl. Yeah. Get excited about people. Get stoked. Let emotions out. Like, don't hold back. Because when you hold back, you just become another person right. that thinks there a, there's a hierarchy of, like... But understanding that, like, you know, people are human. Mm-hmm. And to not, like... Oh, yeah, respect artists. Like, right. don't be like, I love you. But, like, you know, just be like, yeah, respect <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you do, you do learn how to work with art. I mean, like, yeah. so it's funny because Julian became like one of our best friends. Yeah. More so Morgan's, but like also mine friend. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, like, it's funny though, because it started off as this like professional thing, but it turned mm-hmm. into friendship yeah. and like same with Bridger, same with like a lot of the artists we've worked with. Lucy so, Dacus is a great Lucy friend. Dacus, yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because, um, you want to treat them like people and not like 
entities. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a huge disconnect people sort of have sometimes is that, you know, these people you're talking to, you know, you can't put them on a pedestal. Don't ever idolize anyone. And That's then, the, what I, the word I was looking for. This is so annoying, and I'm going to say it anyway because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so I just listened to the band The Wonder Years, and the wonder and Soupy said, um, growing up means watching my heroes turn human in front of me. And oh, I always think about that. I always think about that. That was, like, my favorite so band. Cool. 15 or something. Yeah. And so, like, I think about that all the time. It's like, you know, you can't ever, like, nobody is as cool as you, as, as you think they are. Yeah. And that's it. And never, and never think anybody is. No, oh, that's important. You will be let down. <laughs> For sure. Because people can suck. Never have expectations. I mean, but be optimistic to things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so important when you're working on any art and when you're interacting with any person because, yeah, everybody's a human. You know, they all have to take a shower every day and get up and face the world and, you know, they're all humans. <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. Well, I love that thought and it's so important to think that way. Do you have any advice for anybody who's interested in like starting a zine or getting involved with the arts and supporting all that? If it's not from your heart, it's not going to work. Mm, Talk to literally everyone. Like, stay close to your heart. Like, do not stray away from it. Yeah, make sure, yeah, that is very true. Like, if you're focusing on money, don't. Yeah, goodbye. Do do something else. Or do this on the side. I don't know. Or if you're you're focusing on, like, social capital or, like, trying to, like, gain, like, success from, you know. You'll never get, so, like, you... If that's all you're focusing on, it's very easy to call bullshit, and it's very easy to see mm-hmm. ingenuity. People like, will see that. Yeah, you can see right through someone when you know that they're not coming, when, when it's not coming from the heart. But also, when I like said, talking to everyone, I'm not saying just, like, network, 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 but also, like, build connections. Like, yeah. talk to people. People will help you if you ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like, people come to me and, like, ask me, you know, like, hey, could, could you just, like, put me in the right direction for this thing? And I'm, I'm like, because I'm all over the place. And they think I'm more stable than I am and I'm not, but, um, build communities, like do it. Like I always felt alienated my whole life. And then I built like communities. (laughs) I said, I don't want to feel alienated anymore. I want to feel part of something, but I can't join anything. Something's wrong with me because whatever. And then I said, I'm going to do something myself. Like if you feel like you can't join something, start something yourself. And like, we have the ability to do that now with like internet and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, you did build your community and it clearly continues to grow because there's such like a great, I feel like community surrounding Hooligan, whether it seems like having direct hands involved or the people that I see sharing or interacting on the internet is just beautiful. So it's it's great. Congrats on all that, truly. Thank you. Um, What are some goals that you have for Hooligan over maybe like the next year or so? Prince, 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 Prince. Yeah. Soon as fuck, like very soon. Like as soon as possible. Um, trying to have more events, uh, and we're trying to monetize it. Honestly, I need this needs to, it, and we need to. We're trying to pay. We're like, trying to pay our writers. Our writers. We pay writers for the issues, but we're trying to like paychecks. Pay, yeah. yeah, we're trying to make this into a fucking thing. We'd like love now that for I'm, it to be our everyday. Yeah, I would love an office. I would yeah, like. I love wanna, a looking office where like little artists can come and like do their work. People think I have a desk. I'm like, nope, it's my bed. Yeah. 
it's my table, coffee table. It's oh, my... I love my favorite question is you work at Hooligan, right? I was like, LOL. <laughs> and I work at Hooligan House. So yeah, this is the Hooligan House. So welcome. <laughs> That's fantastic. We'll have to do like cribs or something. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that would be funny. Right. <laughs> Welcome to our office crib. It's okay. I have like a room set aside in my house. So it's like, it's kind of like my home office, but yeah. it's really just like where I keep my record player and I have a desk and like it's oh, yeah. relaxed, but yeah. it's, it's good stuff. I don't know. Sometimes I'm editing on my couch while I'm watching One Tree Hill. Sometimes I'm on my That's bed fine. with dogs. It's all good. Exactly. That's well, Awesome. I'm glad to hear that that's what your life is, too, and I hope oh, yeah. you get prints soon. If you get prints of it, I'm going to have to, like, get on some kind of mail order subscription or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, like, we're, we're, like, it's, like, it this summer, like, happening yeah. right now. <gasps> that's me getting excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're trying. We're trying, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see what happens next, and... You're such an exciting group of people to follow. Um, I hope everybody who hears this, if you aren't already following Hooligan, you totally should. Um, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? Uh, the, Hooligan, Hooligan. the Hooligan Mag on Twitter, Hooligan Magazine on Instagram. Hooligan It's really easy. Yeah. Facebook. Just don't make sure it's not Hooligans because yeah. there's, there's a children's <laughs> website. <laughs> Since the beginning yeah. of us, <laughs> we get tagged in like pictures of like children like yeah i'm like i don't want this yeah <laughs> that's awesome well hopefully uh i'll make sure that this is all in the show notes so there's no confusion with children's sites oh, yeah. cool. Thanks. Thanks. awesome well thank you so much for joining me Rika and morgan you. it's been a blast thank you i'm so excited to be here waking up just to say your goodbyes faint composure but i know you lie
Harvard remembers sports. Thanks so much to Morgan and Rivka for sharing their experiences working on Hooligan and in the arts community, as well as their personal efforts. These two are some of the most driven and talented people I've spoken to that are working toward independent media, and their creativity and individuality are extremely motivating. I definitely aspire to grow the way that Rivka and Morgan have. So make sure to check out the latest Hooligan magazine featuring a cover story with Francis Quinlan of Hopalong and tons more. Find it all at hooliganmagazine.com. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow the pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play Music, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere you can get a hold of podcasts. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work on publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry and support independent music media. Thank you.